I know there's been a few different people that have asked me about just updates, um, and so I'll just really quickly just say that I still got about eight weeks to go, according to the nurse and the doctor, um, and so just have, I'll just throw that out there. Um, I still got about eight weeks to go till I can at least one another month so I can tell I can put weight on it, and so I go back on January 13th, so just the rather than give a whole bunch of y'all the update, which I don't mind people asking, it shows that people care. So I don't feel like you're bothering me if you do ask. I really actually really appreciate that because it tells me it shows me that you care. Um, but just by way of, I have the mic and y'all are sitting here. <laughs> I have about another uh, another month before I can put any weight on my foot. So uh, just to give you that update. But thanks for everything. Thanks to people that brought brown bread this week. I had some. I did have someone drop off a loaf of brown bread. So praise God for Felton. Way to go, bud. He said he baked it last week, but I don't think he did. So uh, anyways, no, uh, the Mayflower makes really good brown bread, just FYI. <coughs> but uh, so glad you joined us tonight. And it is, it is good. I know I mentioned this earlier. It is really good to have our man in our service tonight. Amen? Amen. And we, uh, we appreciate each and every one of y'all for uh, going lobstering. And Brett pulled it off. Right? Man, I'm super proud of this guy. He pulled it off. And he put, some of you guys did not believe in him. <laughs> and I know it because I heard it. <laughs> and I worked with Brett. And I got to say, I was actually for Brett. I, I thought Brett was going to pull it off because I know how stubborn he can be in a good way. When he gets his mind on something, he can do it. And so, praise God. Way to go, Brett. I'm proud of you, man. Way to go. For any of you that don't know, Brett took his vacation time and went lobster fishing. And, and he was greenhorn and he pulled it off. And he put this man from cancer to shame. Good job, man. So I have a confession to make. I don't really care for depressing country music. I saw this meme, and I should have thrown it up. I should have got copied it and got Andrew to throw it up for a slide. But it was a picture of a cat. And he had, like, uh, a, one cat covering one ear and one cat covering the other. And it was like depressing country music and Christmas songs, and then the cat trying to block out the sound of it. That's kind of me with like depressing country music. Um, I don't really uh, care for it a lot, and part of it's because I'm a positive person, and I feel like I'm allergic to negativity and things that are depressing. And uh, so we're going to try a fun little game to kick on. You guys are like, oh boy, Jay, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so... I'm going to say the start of a depressing country song, and I need you guys to finish it. All right, you ready for this? I debated whether I was going to sing this or not. I haven't fully decided, but I think I'm going to do it. So we'll see how it goes. All right, you ready for this? Here we go. I guess I'm all alone here. This is your part of the story. This is throw, it's throwback in Little Rock. Colin Ray. Man, none of you guys are like, I guess I'm old. <laughs> Man. All right. Let's, uh, this is another oldie. Okay, I'll give you a hint because that went, like, not well at all. <laughs> this opening hook is tanking big time. So this is, okay, I'll give you a hint. It's Garth Brooks, okay? So you ready for this? Okay, don't fail me, all right? Okay. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the days. <laughs> Or what, you guys all get this one. This is another throwback again. It's old country, all right? I was born in the 80s. Just bear with me. All right? This one's quick, though. You've got to be running the ball for this one. Poor, poor, pitiful. Poor, poor, pitiful. All right. So most of you know these songs. 
And all these songs talk about a lot of old, depressing country songs, which I don't like for the record, um, are talk about broken things that needs to be fixed. Like a lot of songs talk about broken relationships or broken trucks that are probably Fords because it wouldn't happen to a Dodge, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, went there. Or, or broken homes. Or it talks a lot about brokenness. And, and if you look at other genres of music, not just country music, there's actually a lot of songs and artists that um, sing about brokenness and things that are broken. Um, my brother Austin, uh, who was up here banning lobsters, he, was he, he loves music. He loves rock and roll. And, and, I, and I like some of that stuff, too. Um, I've got a Queen album in my car that's been there for, like, since my brother got married. And so um, I like older music, too. But some of the songs, um, he was listening to a, a biography of a band that uh, their, their big hit single was a story of a friend who was suicidal. And um, they went on to write a song about this. And it's a really intense song. Um, but Papa Roach sold 7 million copies of that album. Why is it that millions of people listen to depressing country music and dark songs that describe brokenness? What is it about that that people actually buy it and listen to it? And here's what I'm convinced of. I think we listen to those depressing country songs and those very dark, broken songs we hear about because we feel like we feel understood. Because each and every one of us in this room struggle with brokenness. Each and every one of us in this room has been broken. And so that's why we listen to these country songs. That's why we listen to these dark songs that play on the radio all the time. Because we feel like for a moment, man, like, I feel like I'm understood. I feel like this song actually describes exactly how I'm feeling in the state that I'm in. Have you ever been broken before? Have you ever had a guy or girl absolutely break your heart? Have you experienced profound loss in your life? Have you struggled with addiction and you come to the point where you feel like you're at rock bottom? Does your mar have your marriage ever felt like it was on the breaking point? Have you ever contemplated what's actually the point of life and get to a very, very dark spot? I think most of us, if, are, if we're honest, we've all experienced moments of, of brokenness. And maybe we're actually here in church right now holding all the broken pieces of our life and we don't know how we're actually going to hold it all together because life just seems so broken. And I know it's true because over the past two months, I've had more people reach out to me in broken situations than I have in the last four years, any two-month period I could add up. So I know that I know that people are broken. I know that there's brokenness that people are struggling with. And I think in a lot of ways, it's just hit a tipping point. It's hit the break. The brokenness has hit a break point, and people are just wanting help. But here's the deal. Is coming to breaking point actually such a bad thing? Now, just think about that for a second. Is coming to a breaking point such a bad thing? Maybe actually that's just where the Spirit is actually leading you. Maybe coming to a breaking point is actually an unexpected gift. You know, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit 
And he talks about how the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And some of the truth that Jesus leads us into is actually the truth about ourselves. And Jesus convinces us that every single one of us are broken. That every single one of us has brokenness inside. And God does that in a lot of different ways. And last week we talked a little bit about how God doesn't cause all the bad circumstances that you and I are going through, but he uses them. And one of the ways that Jesus uses difficult circumstances that we go through is actually to convince us that we're all broken. And maybe you're not convinced that you're broken, and I would just say that if you go through life for too long, you're going to quickly see that we all have this broken problem inside. The Bible talks about it as being a sin problem, and every single one of us has it. Every single one of us has this brokenness inside of us, and this pain, and this hurt. Um, Maybe you're not convinced because you've been denying that you actually have a problem. But every single one of us in this room, we all have brokenness. We're all broken. And God actually wants to illuminate that brokenness. It's why people with addictions have so often tried to numb out. And we all try to numb it out, numb out the broken feelings that we have inside. We want to just, we don't want to deal with our brokenness. But we don't realize is our brokenness is actually the pathway to healing. Our brokenness is actually the pathway to healing. God shows us how broken we are to help convince us that we actually need to be healed. And I'm convinced that we need a whole lot of healing in our community. Amen? And I'm convinced we need a whole lot of healing in our church. Amen? Amen. We need healing. And brokenness, God actually wants to bring us to a place where we're broken because brokenness is the pathway to healing. So I want you to stop and think about this for a moment. How much brokenness and hurt do you have inside of you? I'm going to ask that question one more time. How much brokenness and pain do you have inside of you? And the reason it's that awkward silence right now is because you've actually taken the time to slow down for a second and look internally and realize, man, I do got a lot of stuff going on in the inside of me. And God's spirit actually wants to uncover that brokenness that you feel, that pain and that hurt. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to delve into that stuff. We try everything to avoid all those ugly feelings. And guess what God wants to do? He wants to light them up. He wants to bring them to the surface so he can actually deal with them. Because here is the deal, and this is the good news. (laughs) Jesus wants to heal your brokenness. That's the good news. Jesus wants to heal your brokenness. And we're all broken, but God has this incredible ability to bring healing to us. All through the scriptures, God is revealed as this incredible healer. In the Old Testament, he was called the Lord Rapha, which means he is the God who heals us. 
And in the New Testament, I mean, you just look at the life of Jesus. His whole life in ministry embodied healing. Matter of fact, that's exactly why Jesus came, the Bible teaches us. And I love this passage of scripture in Mark chapter 2. It says this. It says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but I have come but for those that are sinners. Jesus said, I have come. I haven't come for people that think they've got it all together. And guess what? The religious people, they also needed a doctor. They just didn't realize it because we're all broken. Even the religious people are broken. Amen? Jesus came for everyone. It's just that the people he was speaking to at the time didn't realize how sick they really were. They were in denial. And some of us in this room don't realize how broken we are. But you know the people that were drawn to Jesus? The people that were drawn to Jesus like bees to honey, you know who they were? They were the broken. They were the people in the culture and society, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the quote-unquote sinners. They were always hanging around with Jesus. Matter of fact, we look at this passage of Scripture, the Pharisees were actually giving Jesus a hard time. Why? Because he was hanging out with broken people. And Jesus was trying to teach them and instruct them, saying, look, man, this is exactly why I came. The whole purpose as to why I came to earth was to do what? Heal broken people. That's why Jesus came. He came to be the healer. And matter of fact, as we look further in the story and life of Jesus, we see that this is exactly how Jesus described himself. I love this. Like Jesus was anointed, the, you know, the Spirit descended on Jesus in Luke chapter 4. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Then the Bible teaches us he was driven into the desert to be tested and to prepare, by the way, for his ministry for the next three years. He spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting and praying and being tempted by the evil one, but preparing for the next three years of ministry. Then right after that happens, he strolls into his hometown, Nazareth, where he was a, 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 from a boy. He walks into the synagogue, which would be like our churches today, and he opens up the Bible, the, the Old Testament, opens up to Isaiah chapter 61. This is after Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says from Isaiah 61. This is what he says. He says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. How many of you in this place, you're brokenhearted? Jesus came to bind up your broken heart. That's amazing. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Can you all say a spirit of despair? We're going to come back to that in a second. So Jesus reads from Isaiah chapter 61 in front of all the people in his community at the synagogue because they would all have been there. He closes up the scroll and he has this crazy mic drop moment. And he says, today, this scripture from Isaiah 61 that was written hundreds of years prior, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he says, 
What Isaiah was talking about and predicting about this coming servant that was going to come, that was going to be anointed and enabled by the Spirit to minister healing, to minister freedom, to minister um, restoration, to do all this kind of stuff, this prediction that Isaiah gave hundreds of years prior, it's fulfilled with your very eyes. You are looking at it, and it's me. I am the one who's going to heal the brokenhearted. I am the one that's going to set the captive free. I am the one that's going to lift those that were oppressed. Jesus was saying, it's me. It's me. And you know what happens? Right after Jesus says those words for the next three years, these words are fulfilled. That's exactly what Jesus did for the next three years. He went around bringing healing. He went around setting people free. He went around lifting those that were oppressed in society and culture. I mean, his ministry was amazing. I mean, just think about it for a second. The woman who was caught in adultery, enslaved to shame, about to be stoned to death. What does Jesus do? Forgives her and releases her from a death sentence. Or Mary Magdalene. We know that the Bible teaches us that she had seven evil spirits that were tormenting her, and Jesus set her free. Isaiah 61. Then we see the leper who went around everywhere is yelling, unclean, unclean, totally rejected by culture and could not experience physical touch. Can you imagine never being hugged? For 20 years, never being hugged, never being touched. And what does Jesus do? Man, this hits me. He reaches out his hand and he touches the leper. And not only does he heal his leprosy, he heals him of rejection and brings him back into the community and the man could get a hug, right? Or the demoniac man that Jesus came over on a boat and he was in a graveyard. And this guy that had been rejected from the community that was chained up in the graveyard, Jesus sets this man free. His transformation is so dramatic, the village people send Jesus away. They're like, dude, we're freaked out by this. You got to go. But this man, the Bible teaches, was sent back into the community in his right mind. And what a witness to the community it was to see a man that was healed. A man that was changed and set in his right mind. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because he anointed me to bring good news. And that was not an empty promise. Because for the next three years, that's exactly what Jesus did. And he didn't just do it then in his life and ministry. Jesus even brought healing and forgiveness, and restoration, even to his dying breath. Because we read the story of Scripture, and we understand that the Bible actually teaches us that by his stripes we are what? We are healed. That Jesus' body was broken so we could actually receive healing. Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be broken in every way. Jesus was broken in his mind, broken in his heart, and broken in his body. So if you feel broken here in this place tonight, I'm here to tell you that Jesus understands. He knows and feels exactly the amount of brokenness you're feeling. And he took stripes on his back so that you could actually receive healing for that brokenness. God wants to heal you. You know, last week I was, uh, I was preaching, and the Lord actually revealed me something in the middle of the sermon. And as I was preaching, I was talking about the potential that you have in Christ. 
And I get so fired up talking about people's potential and how God could use them because, man, we're talking about God here, right? Right? Is it just me? We're talking about God. We're talking about a God. We learned, we chatted at small group this week. We're talking about a God who's like, he started the universe, right? Does that freak anyone out else? Like, man, we're talking about a God who breathes out stars. And not only that, he is sustaining the entire universe. Like, it just blows my mind that we're talking about this God. And that God we're talking about right now, he has incredible potential for your life. But as I was preaching that last week, and this is no offense to anyone in the crowd, I just felt like I was hitting a wall. I felt like you were having a hard time believing what God could do in and through your life. And immediately as I was sitting in this chair with my broken leg, the Lord told me something. He said, people have a spirit of despair. And you're having a hard time believing in a God who can move mountains because of what's happened to you, because of the season that we're in. And I'm here to tell you tonight, (laughs) God wants to crush that spirit of despair, and he wants to breathe hope in your bones like never before. He wants you to actually start believing again. And I think many of us have a spirit of despair, not just because of what's happening on around us. I think many of us have a spirit of despair because of what's happening inside of us. I think many of us have brokenness and pain and hurt we've been carrying for a long time, and we've gotten no relief from it. And we just think, this is just the way that it's going to be. There's no way I can get past this hurt, this habit, or this hang-up. It's just, I just have to walk with a limp for the rest of my life. You know, there may be occasions, occasions, when the grace of the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, you know, I will heal you one day in heaven, but you're going to walk with a limp. But I think we just default to that and think, Jesus is not going to take that away from me, or he's not going to heal me of that instance of brokenness. I just think that God wants to give us faith to believe that he can actually heal us. And I think that there's actually stories that are in this room right now of God having done a healing work. I think there's people, even in Coastal over the last two years, you are very different than you were two years ago. God has done an amazing, healing, transformative work in your life. And while you haven't arrived, you are a very different person. Amen? Amen. And I think... There's people in this room that have stories to tell. And I think you have a story to tell because there's someone else in this room that's broken that doesn't believe that God can heal them. And that is a lie. Because Jesus actually came to bring healing. Am I hitting home here tonight? I think we're convinced that we're broken. And so what we tend to do is just commiserate Crank up our depressing country music, grab a drink out of the fridge, and wallow in our own brokenness. I lost my dog, I lost my cat, I lost my home. But the restoration Jesus wants to bring in your life is like listening to a country song backwards. Because God 
is a God of restoration. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And, you know, I think a lot of us don't realize this. But Jesus has actually started the healing process in many of your lives. And some of you don't even realize that. Because it's been painful and unpleasant. And the healing process doesn't feel like the healing process. Let me say that one more time. The healing process doesn't feel like the healing process. A couple weeks ago, I was having a terrible itch underneath the wrap and stuff they had put on. It was driving me about nuts, okay? It was so itchy. And I was like, I come up here one day, it was a Sunday, and I know Julie, who's one of our worship leaders from Shelburne, she's actually a paramedic. And so I thought, you know what? It's just a wrap on there and some padding. I said, I bet you she would like rewrap it for me if I needed to or whatever. And uh, I could scratch it for a sec and then she could rewrap it for me. So anyways, I come up and ask her. I said, hey, Julie, like, would you mind like just rewrapping my leg for me? And uh, her response was, I don't want to do anything unless your doctor said because I don't want to mess with the healing process. And I came to find out the itching and irritation was actually my wounds healing where the surgery happened. Now, how many of us, as you think about your own hurt and brokenness, how many of us want to mess with the healing process? We don't like healing because it's so uncomfortable. I think, like, everyone wants to be healed, right? How many of you would like all your heartache and pain and all the stuff that you're dealing with inside and your mental illness and all the struggles you do, and even the physical stuff you're dealing with, how many would like that gone instantly, right? Yeah, we all do, right? But none of us like the healing process. And while God can and will at times heal in instances, for most of us, it's actually a process. It's a moment that Jesus touches us, but then he starts the real healing journey in all of our lives. And the healing process with Jesus actually involves God uncovering all the things in our lives, the hurt, the pain, the brokenness, the sin, all the whole nine yards. God uncovering that, bringing us to a place of brokenness, and then God can actually start healing us. Because brokenness is the pathway to healing. We have a, we have a group of people in our church that are working through the Step Study Guide for Celebrate Recovery. And I want to tell you, the last few weeks, you know, we kind of had some bad weather last week, but They do this thing called an inventory where they actually go into deep detail and cover everything from their past and confess it to God. And not just confess it to God, but actually confess it to another person. Imagine that, going to all the skeletons in your closet and actually openly telling it to someone else. But sometimes it takes those drastic measures for the Spirit of God to work into the crevices of your soul to actually bring the healing that God wants to bring into your life. Brokenness is the pathway to healing, and brokenness is an unexpected gift. I'm going to invite the worship team to come at this time. You know, have you heard the saying, misery loves company? You know, brokenness is an unexpected gift, but you can't stay in your brokenness, right? Right? If you want to stay in your brokenness, just listen to depressing country music for the rest of your life and be miserable. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound appealing to me whatsoever. 
But we do love that sense of, man, at least this song knows exactly how I feel. But Jesus would challenge us to, to actually take it a step further. Jesus would challenge us, yes, believe that you're broken, but take it a step further. Come to faith in me because I want to heal you. I can heal you. And I need you to believe that I can heal you. And yes, there might be times when God says, like he did to Paul when Paul asked three different times for the Lord to take the thorn of his flesh, and the Lord's like, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. And there may be instances where God doesn't heal. And God promises in those instances to give you the grace to get through it. But here's what I think we do, though. I think we just default to that. We just default that God's not going to heal that area of our life or set us free from that addiction or fix this problem in our marriage. We just default to like, ah, it's not going to happen. I think that's a lack of faith. I think we just default to despair. I think we have a spirit of despair, and God actually wants to change the way that we think. And one of the ways that God changes the way we think is through praise. Isaiah 61 says, give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Because when you start praising God, you start getting his perspective. You start seeing things the way God sees things. Instead of looking at your life and yourself through your own lens, through your own brokenness, you start looking at your own life and the rest of the world through God's perspective. And you start believing that God's healing is greater than your own brokenness. And you start believing that Jesus can actually heal the broken areas of your life. That he can heal those wounds that are deep down inside. That he can set you free and bring liberation. So here's what Jesus would challenge you with today. Is, is Jesus wants to come and heal your body. He wants to come and heal your mind. He wants to come and heal your soul. But you've got to make the first step. You've got to make that step of faith. And so for some of you, it might mean coming forward and receiving prayer here tonight. For some of you, it might make making the first step towards healing and inviting Jesus to actually come into your heart. For some of you, you need to stop, turn off the depressing country music and listen to songs like this. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the brokenhearted. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. There's stories that God is writing of transformation and healing. And God is writing stories in this very room. Stories that need to be proclaimed to combat this spirit of despair. Because our God is a God of healing. Do you need healing tonight from Jesus? How many believe Jesus can heal in this place? Amen. See hands all over this place. Would you stand to your feet? And let's ask God to, to touch us here tonight. If you need to come forward for prayer, if you need to talk to someone, don't delay. We'll get more people down here praying if you need it. But don't leave this place tonight. I've seen all those hands. We'll bring more people up to pray. I'll hobble down there and pray for people if I have to. But if you're hurting and broken tonight, the Spirit wants to bring healing. 
And so let's ask the Lord, and I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite you to come forward. Come to the altar. Jesus wants to meet us here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the ministry of your spirit. We thank you that you are a God that heals, and we believe, God, that you can heal us. Whatever that means, Lord, whether it's the start of a journey here tonight, or whether it's you just touching an area, a hurt in our life that, that we need to be received from you, would you move in this place by the power of your spirit? We love you and welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen.